The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Squares Contest, a $1,000 prize pool, and it's completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgallonpodcast.com slash squares to enter today. That's sportsgallonpodcast.com slash squares to enter today. And finally, we're brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo. A $57 SGPN gift card for every bingo hit. And this is exclusively on your SGPN app. Luke Shaw. Wants it and gets it back. Charges through. He was looking for Beghorst. Big shots of handball. The initial decision that it will be a Manchester United ball but not from the spot well I think it is a penalty I think his hand is high Andre Marin has come to his conclusion which is penalty kick An early nerve settler perhaps it certainly is from a Manchester United point of view the perfect start It's going in! A 
that seems on first looks to be quite a messy one but it was trotted home when it mattered you are listening to bet mufc here on the soccer gambling podcast you can follow bet mufc on twitter at bet mufc that's at bet mufc you can follow the soccer gambling podcast at sgp soccer that's at sgp soccer you can also follow my other Twitter account at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That is the Twitter account for LockBetting.com, the premium pay service that has delivered 116 months in a row of transparent track profit. You can use the same handle for the TikTok account as well. And has a very useful tool because we are putting up very short 30 to 45 second videos over on TikTok, giving you betting information on the key games in soccer. So some free information for you there over on TikTok at LockBetting.com. Just a quick FYI, LockBetting.com is no longer batched to Patreon. It will be an individual website. Apparently, Patreon are not allowing gambling content now all of a sudden, although there are still some gambling sites there. Perhaps they've gone under the radar because they don't have as many subscribers. If you are a subscriber of LockBetting.com and um, obviously you'd paid up until the the month of March, hit me up on Twitter because I can still fulfill all of those services. I can give you everything you need over WhatsApp, add you to the group. Everybody on the higher packages should have done that anyway. So we are only talking about people who subscribe to bonus podcasts, namely the weekend European show. So hit me up on Twitter at LockBetting.com or at SGP Soccer, either one of those, and I will sort you out. I will come up with a solution. So it's not money lost. Essentially, everything can be sorted out and you've missed nothing so far in the last 48 hours. So moving on with this edition of Bet MUFC, coming off that 2-1 win against Crystal Palace, a few takeaways from that game. I'll start with the first one. And obviously it centers around the Casemiro incident. Now, it's almost pointless asking a Manchester United fan what he thinks of the incident because it is contentious. Now, anything that's contentious, a fan will naturally side towards his team because there's an emotional investment there. It's very hard to be neutral. I feel that I do a decent job of being as neutral as I can in terms of picking against Manchester United, looking at situations fairly. Was it a penalty? Was it not a penalty? Was it a handball? Was it not a handball? Was it a sending off, etc.? Um, and in this instance, I find it very difficult to justify that red card. Now, I know a lot of people have justified it. I know there is obviously photographic photographic evidence with um, his two hands around his neck. But we have reached a point where anything, anything, and this doesn't, doesn't just apply to Manchester United, any tackle, any incident can be deemed worse than it is by slowing it down or by putting it in a freeze frame. Now, should Casemiro have grabbed him around the neck? No. But do I think he did it with extreme force and was literally trying to strangle the guy? No, I think he held him in the wrong place and was trying to push him out of the way. And he literally did it for about a second and a half. But if you freeze frame that, slow it down and capture it, obviously that second and a half can become a lifetime. And it could be justification to strangle, uh, to send somebody off for strangling another player. Casemiro even spoke out about it and said he forgot he was playing for Man United and not for Real Madrid. Obviously, this is part and parcel of what goes on in La Liga. 
It's, it's that type of league, and I don't think there would have been a sending off for that. But obviously, in the Premier League, that was the case. Now, is it worth appealing the sending off on the basis of what I said? It remains to be seen because the risk of doing it means that the ban could be extended to four games if it's considered to be frivolous. Now, in no way, shape or form do I think an appeal would be frivolous because if it's contentious, it's not frivolous. And for me, there is contention in the issue. And whenever there's a contentious issue and it's 50-50, I feel emotion will ride with it and you'll end up siding with your team. I'm, I'm only human. I can see the other side of it, but I'm, I'm 50, 55% in favour of Casemiro not being sent off in that situation and therefore it is a contentious issue and therefore I feel that it does warrant a appeal, in my opinion. But the risk, of course, is that Casemiro will miss out on the EFL Cup final if it's considered to be contentious. Now, I don't think it is contentious, but if it is, is it worth doing if he misses the EFL Cup final? Now, the Barcelona game doesn't doesn't come into play here because it's obviously a UEFA-sanctioned match. So it will be just uh, games sanctioned by the, the English Football League and the Premier League. So the games that he currently misses are two games against Leeds who don't have a manager at home against Leeds coming up and away against Leeds at the weekend. And after that... Manchester United are at home to Leicester. Now, looking at the games and looking at the risk of being accused of being frivolous, I would probably sit it out and allow Casemiro to miss the three games and be completely fresh for Barcelona and the EFL Cup final, two of our most important games of the season so far. Looking at the running, that's what I would do. If there was a Manchester derby or a game against Arsenal, or anybody in the top six coming up, I would probably go for the appeal because, as I said, don't think it's frivolous. But at this point in time, when you look ahead at the fixtures and they seem very winnable, unless Leeds implement a new manager by the weekend and obviously get that new manager bounce that I always talk about, talk about it um, regularly, and it happened for even Everton against Arsenal, the most unlikely of bounces They got it off the back of that um, appointment at the weekend, which goes to show that is a very, very strong trend. And we don't want to be the recipients of that trend at the weekend where Leeds suddenly get a bounce for a big rivalry game because people forget or people maybe in the US don't know. Man United and Leeds is a huge rivalry. The two teams really, really don't like each other going way, way back. So we don't want to give them that bounce for their biggest game of the season. We would prefer for them to continue continue to be under caretaker care and therefore expect Man United to get six points from these two games and then moving on to the game against Leicester at home. Leicester have improved as of late, no longer really in the relegation conversation, got a good win away to Aston Villa in a Midlands derby but at the same time you'd expect Man United to be able to cope without Casemiro. I think there's big problems at the team if suddenly you lose one player and we're relying on Casemiro, the way we were now relied on Ronaldo last year, although that was more of a detriment because it made other players around him worse, where Ronaldo was carrying the, the weight with wanting the ball and wanting the service and wanting everything to go through him the whole time. Casemiro is not that player. He plays on the other side of the pitch and cleans things up for us, brings the ball forward and plays great balls through to our attackers, setting up quick counter-attacks, which is how Manchester United play. Speaking of how Manchester United played, it was concerned how we played once Casemiro got sent off. We really didn't know how to see out that game with 10 men when Sabitzer came on. It was a calming influence. But prior to that, we just completely outplayed Crystal Palace. The the goal that we scored with Marcus Rashford was an incredible team goal. Uh, had the ball, had ball position for 
about 45 to 60 seconds before we finally decided to penetrate them with the final pass from Shaw to Rashford. That is Ten Hag ball, just moving it and moving it and moving it and moving it and not dilly-dallying around playing these pointless passes. United, in, in previous years, you'd see a lot of them going back and starting again and going back and starting again. There's much less of that now. The, the passing is more dynamic. It can go a little bit back or to the side, but it will still be within our final third. There'll be no going back and, and starting again and playing at the slow, laboured pace we came accustomed to under Mourinho and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who Solskjaer in particular was partly responsible for making Manchester United and Old Trafford less of a less of a fortress. His away record was the thing that was great about Oli, who liked to play this uh, this counter-attacking football. But at the moment, Ten Hag finds a better blend with it. He knows how to play the home games. He's turned it back into a fortress. Man United are on the front foot straight away. And Old Trafford feels like Old Trafford. Of course it does. We've got 13 wins in a row at home, which includes being Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool and Manchester City. So we welcome Barcelona in a few weeks. We welcome anybody at Old Trafford. It is a fortress right now. And that's because of the stylistic way of play, because of the way we are moving the ball. So before we move on and start looking ahead to this game against Leeds, we'll have a listen to what Eric Ten Hag has to say about the game. And he does actually make some comments about Manchester City. He's asked about the Manchester City situation. We are going to address that situation on a separate podcast. So there will be a bonus edition of the EPL show in the next 24 hours, looking specifically at the Manchester City situation. Before we move on to that Eric Ten Hag audio here, let me tell you guys quickly about Wimbet because they are the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Wimbet is active in a bunch of states and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays, aka Wimbet's Build Your Own Bet. The big game is here and Wimbet has you covered. Great promos, odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. So if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Now, the offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions available at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where play for Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let me also tell you guys about the SGPN live show in Phoenix for the big game. If you're going out in Phoenix for the big game, make sure to check out SGP's live show at the Ainsworth Thursday, 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgallonpockets.com slash big game. The show is free and you'll be able to watch the show and have some drinks with the guys. That's sportsgallonpockets.com slash big game. Now let's have a listen to Eric Ten Hag. First, uh, apologize. I'm late, but I had to do a procedure for the visa and there was a technical problem. So that's why. Fine. I could do nothing about it. <laughs> Visa. That's why. So it was important to, uh, to get those. So that's the story, though, for Manchester United manager. No. Like, <laughs> it was a technical problem, Simon. <laughs> you want to make a story out of it? <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> so I think everything will be done. <laughs> so go. Um, Manchester United against Leeds is a, a famous rivalry. I wonder what you know about it and how much you're looking forward to facing them twice this week. It's about the match of the roses. Um, 
Um, yeah, it's definitely a big, big game in this part of England, and it's a big game for us. Um, we know where we have Man City, we have Liverpool, but as well for our fans, this game means so much, and um, our players are aware of that and they know what to do. Jesse Mars left his job at Leeds yesterday. What's your reaction to that, and how does it affect your preparation for these games? Uh, it's, it's, it's always said. Uh, if a manager is a colleague, uh, yeah, get sacked. Um, so in general, I don't believe in it. I, that you second manager, that you get better results. Most of the times it doesn't work. Um, let managers do their work. Let's finish their work. And then make a good um, evaluation. But yeah, um, obviously uh, the pressure is high uh, with um, decision makers in football clubs. And, and, and they turn. And, but yeah, if you see the facts, if you see the stats, uh, most of the times it doesn't work out well. And how does it change your preparation for the game, considering it's a different management team, they may have different ideas about how to play, you may then face a completely different management team for the following game as well? Uh, definitely, and you don't know. And um, yeah, we have to be aware of that. Uh, so when uh, Jesse Mars was in the lead, it was clear how they play. Uh, so about uh, so way of play, about system, about style. Um, now, um, yeah, they, uh, it's possible that they change, but it's also possible they don't change. And um, I think we only will find out um, on the pitch tomorrow. And but then we need yeah, good anticipation on that. If they change, huh? and if they are not, and we know what to do. But if they change, yeah, we need uh, better anticipation. For instance, as we did against Villa, uh, uh, difference with them was at that time when Emery came in that. Uh, they had a week, or maybe even longer, to prepare, and now they have no, not so much time to prepare. So um, uh, we will see, but uh, we need good anticipation on it and be proactive. Can I just ask you what the injury situation with Martial and McTominay in particular is giving Casemiro suspended? Yeah, they are not involved tomorrow, and um, uh, and the same is with. Um, uh, Anthony Dos Santos also not available for tomorrow. So we have to sort it out. Um, I realise it's nothing to do with Manchester United, but the big story in England at the moment is around Manchester City and their, uh, their situation with the Premier League and their finances. Do, do you have an opinion on that? Does that have any relevance whatsoever to Manchester United, given... You've been competing against Manchester City for the period of time that we're talking about. Yeah. Now I don't have because I'm not here for uh, financial or for regulations. I'm here. I'm a football manager, and so I stick to that. And I think others um, has to deal with that. Uh, Casemiro, did you consider appealing his uh, three-match ban at all? Uh, yeah, consider. Yeah. But um, uh, so still, it's, for me, it's not the right decision. But I don't think we have a chance in a in a legal process. How, how pleased are you with the, the home form? It seems like Manchester United's uh, Old Trafford has, has got that fear factor back now. With 13 successive wins, sides are, are coming to Old Trafford again with a bit of trepidation. Yeah, well, 
was one of our aims this season to get that to get that back. And so as aim as um, of as a part of the process to restore Man United to the club uh, who, who once who we were once. Uh, but but I say it's a part of it. I think also um, for instance home is good. I think also we have away also good results. But in away games we can be even more show more personality and uh, be more. Uh, convincement. So, so I, w- um, so that's the, the next step we have to make, and to have the same team on the pitch in the personality as we are at home. And but yeah, obviously I'm really happy with with the process what we're showing at home. Uh, it's great to have that connection with whole uh, Old Trafford. But also I think we have to be aware when we play away, we have always a lot of fans are following us uh, and uh, we can do the same away because uh, pitches are same size. Uh, it's 11-11, so uh, nothing changed. So in that fact, we can we can grow. Uh, but uh, So we have still steps to make and uh, we're happy with that as well because it's a good challenge. So lots to unpack from that. First of all, I actually don't listen to the press conference before... I record my intro. I put it into the podcast and listen to it as it's being recorded onto the podcast. And it's crazy. A lot of the stuff that I said at the top was exactly what was said there by the journalists and what Eric Ten Hag spoke about. He recognises the the home form. The journalists recognise the home form. And he now wants to focus on the away form. He did not get drawn into discussing the Manchester City situation and um, and stuck up for his fellow managers when talking about Jesse Marsh. Um, he's got a rapport with the journalist, as you saw there at the start, bantering with him. He's very, very smart. It's difficult to hate him. It's difficult to to hate him and accuse him of the of the mind games and the cheating and being over-exuberant on the touchline. There, there's accusations that can be thrown at every manager. There's reasons not to like Arteta. There's reasons not to like uh, Pep Guardiola. There's certainly reasons not to like Jurgen Klopp. At the moment, from what we've seen so far, Ten Hag seems to be a very smart operator and he's not giving anybody any reason to dislike him. So I believe it's fair to say over the years, decisions have not gone United's way. When you look at clubs like City and Liverpool, they have have been given a lot of favourable decisions to the point where we've seen radio phone-ins where people are questioning if the big clubs are treated differently. And I don't feel that Man United have been put in that category just simply because I feel it got to the point where that became a narrative under Alex Ferguson a lot. And when Fergie left, we started to see a lot of decisions not going Manchester United's way. And maybe it's down to the fact that we we have some players who behave in a, in a certain way where they're asking for everything all of the time. Bruno Fernandes in people's faces. I don't think that helps. But I don't think we have a culture of being dirty. I don't think we have a culture of diving necessarily at the club. But still, decisions haven't gone our way. And perhaps the way he's conducting himself in the media, the likability of Eric Ten Hag, as opposed to the intimidation factor of Sir Alex Ferguson, where he would hang referees out to dry, for example, will go for us. Perhaps it will go for us in terms of the the media narrative, because at the moment, the media narrative is burying Manchester City and they are burying Jurgen Klopp. And Liverpool supporters are phoning in and asking for Jurgen Klopp to go after everything that he's done for them. So obviously things can turn, Ten Hag can change, he can start saying contentious things. But at the moment, 
He's beautifully playing the media. He's beautifully playing the fans. He, he's staying in line with everybody. He's everybody's friends. And he has a high level of likability at the moment. In terms of what he answered, there's going to be no appeal for Casemiro. Um, we've got some players out this, this, uh, this evening. Obviously, with Scott McTominay and Casemiro out, that means Marcel Sabitzer should get a start alongside Bruno Fernandes. Of course, now we're missing Ericsson, McTominay and Casemiro. So it's a good thing we did sign Sabitzer. He should come in now with Fred playing in the holding role. That's what I expect Manchester United to do. I don't think they have much choice. And as for um, Anthony missing and uh, Anthony Martial missing as well, Anthony uh, Anthony Santos and Anthony Martial, um, that's probably going to leave us with the front line of Rashford, Ganacho and Weghorst. Um, Anthony hasn't been in the best of form as of late. He's receiving a lot of heavy criticism, which I think is unfair in his first season because he did do some decent things when he first came in. But at the moment, he seems to be having a little bit of a lull. And I would have expected um, Ganacho to start anyway. I think there's an outside chance that Sancho could start, but I, I see Ganacho being the most likely starter alongside Rashford and Weghorst. Before we move on to looking at the odds of the game, let me tell you guys quickly about Big Game Bingo. Make sure you sign up on the SGPN app to get your own Big Game Bingo card full of your favourite Big Game props. If you get bingo, you'll win a $57 SGPN gift card. Only catch is you must be subscribed to the Sports Gambling Podcast and NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube to win. Also, let me tell you guys about the SGPN 57 Bets Challenge. In honor of the big game, SGPN is hosting a prop bet contest. Make your picks for 57 different prop bets. Winner gets $570 cash and a $570 gift card to the SGPN store. All our contests are free to play and exclusively on the SGPN app. So moving on and looking ahead to this game against Leeds, obviously Manchester United are strong favourites to win it being on their home turf and Leeds being down the bottom of the table. But they're not as short as I would have expected. They're only at one to two here. It's 18 to five on the draw and it's 11 to two here on Leeds. Now, new manager bounces don't usually occur under caretaker charge. It's weird. It's you get the guy out the door. Someone else does take charge. But if it's not the real manager, if it's not somebody that's put in permanent care, um, you don't usually get that bounce. I think what we saw with Bournemouth earlier on in the season was a rarity with the bounce coming under Gary O'Neill, which actually resulted in Gary O'Neill keeping the job. But that obviously hasn't worked long term because at the moment Bournemouth are struggling and look like certainties to go down. So I'm not expecting a, a bounce here. I'm expecting Manchester United to make it 14 wins in a row Old Trafford. They are also on a four-game winning streak in all competitions. Some data that worries me, though, is the fact we may need to score a couple of goals here to make sure we win. Because despite the fact Jesse Marsh has gone, Leeds have managed to score in six of their 10 away games in the Premier League this season. And United... They have conceded now in five of their last seven matches. Now, we have been rotating a little bit more at the back. And also, we'd have a, we did have a difficult run of games where we played Manchester City 
and Arsenal in the same week. We also rotated for the FA Cup. We also conceded a stoppage time equaliser against Crystal Palace and then conceded against Palace when we were down to 10 men. So you could pretty much put a lot of... Um, a lot of asterisks against the fact that we have been conceding goals as of late. I don't really expect us to concede one here, but if we do, I do expect Manchester United to score enough goals to come away with the victory here against Leeds. I'm confident enough to boost this up to Manchester United minus one on the Asian handicap line. So with Manchester United being at one to two minus 200 on the money line, what we'll take is a minus one Asian handicap line. And this gives you the price of 17 to 20 instead. So instead of making a £50 profit, you'll make an £85 profit if Manchester United win the game by two goals or more. If they do just win by a single goal, you don't win anything, but you do get your money back. You only lose if Manchester United fail to win this game, which I don't think they will do. As long as Marcus Rashford's playing, he's heavily influential. We saw games where Marcus Rashford hasn't started and has come on and changed the game. So when he starts, I think he will be impactful. He's now scored 11 goals since returning from the World Cup. Another player of the month to add to that as well. I'd expect him to be a key man and a key influence en route to Manchester United, beating Leeds not only here, but at the weekend as well. So your main lean, once again, for this game is to take Manchester United minus one on the Asian handicap line, which takes your one to two minus 200 on the money line and boosts the price up to 17 to 20 for a £85 profit from a £100 stake. So that's it for this edition of BetMUFC. I'll be back at the weekend as we break down the away game against Leeds and hopefully they won't have another manager by then. As I said, and I'll reiterate, for those guys over at LockBetting.com that were on Patreon, send me a DM immediately. The Twitter accounts are at LockBetting.com and at SGP Soccer, and we will sort out everything that you paid for for the month of February. Until the weekend... That's it for me and this edition of Bet MFC. Good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.